you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will recognize that you're my disciples by the way you love one another. In other words, the love that you're supposed to be engaging in is a love that looks like Jesus's love. This self-sacrificing, self-giving love that is rooted in the desire for someone else to grow, to thrive, to experience God's shalom. Now, many of us are thinking about church in the sense of, how will I feel loved? And we're not thinking of church as, hey, you, person that calls Jesus Lord, you're supposed to be loving people in church. That's the main way that you practice it. That's what Jesus is saying. That's the way everyone in the world is going to know that you're a disciple of his in the first place is by the way that you love one another. Church gives us a people to love and to be loved by. It gives us family. I'm reminded I had a, I had a hard conversation um, with a, a person on my staff team just this week who is, uh, is really torn between her, her family and ministry, and, you know, her family does, does not want anything to do with God. They really don't. Uh, and, and here she's got so many people who, uh, who love her and look after her and who are family to her, and she's really grappling with this concept, right? But Christian community, and Jesus made this really clear, is going to, in many cases, call us to be at odds with our families. And that's a difficult, that's something that many of you have probably experienced even especially if you don't come from a Christian background and one that's perhaps hostile to it. And it reminds me of Mark 10, 29, and 30, where Jesus says, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. You might say, Jesus, how can, did you just promise people that they would receive a hundred times fathers? A hundred times as many mothers? Fields? And my answer is absolutely. If you are in loving community, how many fathers do you have? If you're in loving community, how many mothers do you have? Brothers, sisters, homes do you have? Would they let you live on the street? No. Loving church community is that. It's not give a penny, take a penny. It's give a penny, take way a hundred pennies. It's a dollar. <laughs> My math is right. It's a dollar. So when I talk about church as being the place where we learn to love like Christ, I'm saying you cannot do that on your own in the world. You cannot do that with just you and a Bible. You cannot do that with just you and a small group of friends. You've got more to learn about love than that, brothers and sisters. You need a whole community of people to learn that. And it's not just something that's learned from sermons. Sermons don't do much. You will forget about this sermon in probably about an hour as you are eating tacos or eating canes or whatever it is, this will go in one, eye, in, ear, in one ear and out the other, but the person sitting next to you, the relationships that you have with one another, that can change you. And that's what I'm talking about in church community. His love was self-giving. He's interested in building others up according to their needs. Church is where I can practice that purposefully. 
His love is one that was constantly mistreated, even by those who were his own. Church is no different. We're called to learn that kind of patient, long-suffering love if we wish to be like him. So when we are wrong, not if, when we are wronged by people who we are in community with, maybe Jesus is saying, don't leave acting like you've never wronged somebody. Maybe learn my kind of love. If they've wronged you, bless them and do not curse. If they've wronged you, pray for them. If they've wronged you, rather than acting insulted, perhaps you can ask, what's going on with you? How can I love you better? You want to learn to love like Jesus, you need to learn how to hug the person who hurts you. That's Jesus' love. He enacted that kind of love on earth. It did not exist before him. This idea of love, of agape love, of being this this servant's love for his master, being something that you and I should show to one another, that concept does not exist in history previous to Jesus. We can't find it. Okay? That's Jesus' love, and that's the love that we're called to in Christian community. As a side note, I'll say that I've seen many Christians try to live without church, citing their small group of friends uh, or a church, or that, uh, saying that that's a church or something similar to that situation. And over the years, I've seen zero succeed. I've seen many lose their faith. I've seen many people fail to be matured in discipleship, but I've not seen anybody do that successfully. Perhaps it's possible. But after all, a body has many parts, right? Which that, what that verse was saying. A body has many parts. And secondly, church is where we fulfill our unique role in the body. Many of you that are perhaps not familiar with scripture are probably wondering why we are reading like a scripture about body parts. You're like, body parts? And did he just like make a reference to genitalia in there? Because he did. And you're like, huh, interesting, <laughs> weird analogy. And then it's like, guess what? We're the body. And you're like, oh, gotcha. Well, that is what he is trying to say. He is saying the body has many parts, and I won't read through that all over again because hopefully you paid enough attention to that. But the question that I would have for you there is, are you a part of the body? And if so, what part of the body are you? And then secondly, maybe thirdly, I don't remember where we're at with questions here, but... Are you actually fulfilling that role? What role do you play in this community? Do you know what part you are in this community? Because we want you to actively play your role. We want you to actively display the gifts that each one of you have been given in that. And so, and, and some of you perhaps have not given your life to Christ yet, I would hope that you'd be encouraged by this message, that there's a preacher standing in front of God's people saying, wake up, serve one another, fulfill the roles that God has given you. And I also want to say to you, I hope one day you will give your life to Christ and join church community and become a contributing member because guess what? It's not an old boys club. You don't need to have clout You don't need to have a track record. As soon as you give your life to Jesus and you are filled with his spirit, you are instantly a part of the body and you've instantly got a lot to offer it. A lot to offer it. And that's really cool. Did you notice, by the way, when he said, regardless of whether you're slave or free, Jew or Gentile, for us, we're like, yeah, yeah, I got it. 
he just said to a society, a first century society that had no concept that slavery was wrong or bad. It was accepted as a baseline of the human experience. He just said, I don't care where you are in the social totem pole, you're the same body. That is wild at that time. That is offensive in the first century. That got them in deep water with Rome in the time, by the way. I want to point that out. I just want to make sure. That was not like, like that was incendiary stuff. Okay, and he goes and says that elsewhere too in Galatians. There's no, there's no more male nor female. All the guys would have thrown stuff in the air and torn their clothes. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yes, actually, that's, that's exactly what he means. We are one body, one thing with many different roles. You have been given a part to, ble- to play in building up the local ecclesia. The question is, have you accepted that role and are you actually executing that role? I will continue. <laughs> if you're wondering what Layla's role is, one of them is encourager. You know, I don't have that. I don't have that. During sermons, when I think they're really good, I'm like. And when I think they're really bad, I'm like. Sarah, Brandon's wife, told me that I looked angry during her sermon. And I was like, I thought it was super good. I just don't have the gift of encouragement. Watching Mandy try to act hype for those announcements, like one of the most painful things I can say that I've ever seen personally. That's not her gift. Mandy's gift is not hype. And that's okay, Mandy. Uh, that's all right. You don't, you don't have to be that, sister. You can, you can be mom. It's like watching Ryan Bristow. You know, Ryan Bristow, like, quiet guy. He's like, all right, everybody, let's get pumped up. <laughs> I'm like, ugh, don't do that anymore. Just be yourself. Sorry. So the, the church is where you find what that specific role is for you, and then you hone it and craft it and play it accordingly. Today, we've created church structure to be such that it's, we pay these people to do everything, and we just show up. Mmm, great sermon. Where are we eating for lunch? All right, moving on. And then rinse and repeat. That is not the church that Jesus had in mind. He had a church in mind where everybody shows up, not just on a weekly basis, once a week basis, but daily for one another. Everybody shows up looking to play their part in the body. My body, if it works once a week, is not good. My body, if my foot today is like, mm-mm, I'm tired. We've all had those kinds of things, too. We call them injuries, and it sucks when those things happen to us. And that happens more and more to me just being in my late 30s. I'll wake up, and my back's like, not today, brother. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I, didn't, I don't remember injuring my back. Probably the way I slept on it. That's just the way it is. So get ready for that. Um, just want to try to build you guys up. See, it's not encourager. I told you. It's not encouraging. Every time I try to encourage, I just end up saying something depressing. So I want to just say one other thing. We need college students in our churches. God, please send college students to our churches. We need you. I don't just mean at my church. We would love to have you at my church. I would love to have you. That's the Carpool Church. That's, that's the Northeast Church. It's a no-name little church in Garland. That's probably why we didn't even name it. It just said church. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we rebranded just church one day. <laughs> You're so on the brand for us. I just mean 
find a local body. Be prayerful about what that should look like. If you want to come visit ours, great. But otherwise, I want everybody in here, professing Christians, to have a local community that you've plugged in at, that you've showed up and prayerfully been like, all right, what's my role? I want to play it. We need college students. They can play the role of energizers, caregivers, innovators. You are the church of today. Don't skip out on that just because your peers are trying to church from home. It doesn't work that way. And then finally this. The church is our base camp for mission. The church is our base camp for mission. Those of you that are unfamiliar with what base camp is, that's the place where you got to go before you climb the mountain. And the mountain is trying to fix this broken culture. I study it, and it is terrifying to me. It's terrifying. The division that's there, the increasing level of, of anxiety and loneliness, I want human thriving. I want to look after the poor and the widow, the downcast, the outcast, the people in our society that have no voice. Our society is very broken, and you're not meant to fix it on social media. You're meant, and I don't mean that you should never post anything on social media. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that's not the way that Jesus showed us. Jesus could have wielded significant political power. They tried to make him king. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember whenever he came into Jerusalem on a donkey? which was his choice, a very intentional choice. And everyone was saying, Hosanna. Everyone was so up on Jesus. He could have seized political power right then and there, and yet he ignored it. The way Jesus showed us to change church is people that have been called out from the world and into a kingdom people of God set apart for himself to go bring the kingdom on earth one relationship at a time. Go love your neighbor, the highest command, to love one another and to love God. I'm not crying. So the disciples were sent out by Jesus after he had formed a kind of miniature church with his disciples. Paul was sent out by the church in Jerusalem. Churches have been the base camp for mission from the get-go. We aren't made to, meant to bring the kingdom to the world alone and I can't help but think that's why so many of my students continue to struggle with such uh, 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 anxiety and, and, and this feeling of heaviness as they look at the world and it's just brokenness. And they're like, what can I do? You, by yourself, can do nothing but a people of God set apart, wholly devoted to him, ready to love their neighbor and bring people into meaningful community. That can do a lot. And guess what? It already has. The church has changed the shape of this world. If you want to actually go and do a history lesson, this is what uh, the other young man that was sharing tonight was talking about with Rick Watts. If you look at so much of the good that has been brought about in the world, it is by intentional Christian community that have happened. Hospitals, those don't happen without Christianity. I would argue also uh, the abolitionist movement to get rid of slavery, that happens through Christianity. Women's rights, that happens through Christianity. I want to point out that there's a lot of things that have happened like that. The church has made some massive failures by people who conflated the church with political power. That is not what we're talking about here. I'm not trying to organize you, galvanize you into a political movement. I'm trying to invite you into meaningful kingdom community and, and not excuse. Nobody 
If you're thinking to yourself why you have an excuse to not be involved in a local church, I want to invite you to come up after this and share with me what that is, and let's talk about it. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to like tell you, I just mean I would love to have that conversation with you in a respectful and loving format, please. Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10, and praise team, you guys can come on down. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So be prepared, be supplied, be coordinated to bring the kingdom to the world in a church. If you've not realized that yet, that we're a part of this massive undertaking, bringing light into a very dark place, winning the world back to God's reign, then you've missed something very important. Once, he says, once you were not a people. If you are not a part of a people right now in regards to the kingdom, then you're still living in the past. You're still living pre-Jesus. Be welcomed into a present relationship with Jesus and Christian community. So, and I'll wrap us up. Join a church. Be more involved in this one as well. Throw your involvement into it as well as a local church. Be prayerful about which one you should be involved in. Be thoughtful about which one you should be involved in. But also, be immediate. Don't convince yourself, whenever Sunday rolls around, that it's more important to do X. It cannot be more important. Whether it's Sunday or Saturday or whatever church you end up finding. (laughs) Heck, if it's a Monday church, great, good for them. I think that'd be pretty cool. Monday's a tough day. Plug in to that church and love people. Learn to love them. Learn to serve them. And then go on mission with them. That's what the church is about. I'm going to say a prayer for us and then we'll get into our last part of worship. Father, thank you so much for giving us this community. uh, A community where we are given a hundred times the family that we otherwise would have had. God, I just want to thank you so much for the way that you've supplied this community. And I pray that you would help us to be a community that honors you and serves you and remembers Jesus and everything that we do. I pray that you would help us uh, to take seriously the call to be a part of the body that you've called us to. God, I pray for those struggling to figure out what that role looks like for them, that you would show them and that you would help them to utilize that in the local church and in this community specifically. I pray that you would uh, galvanize them to share this same message with those around them, Father. And God, we pray for renewal. This world is broken. Use us, your holy nation, your people, to do that. We love you, Father. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.